Well, these past couple of weeks, I've become more of a believer in the prosperity gospel. I believe that God wants us to be rich. <laughs> now, let me explain before I get tossed out. <laughs> Wealth, prosperity, are, and riches are tied very tightly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. It might help us to, to get a better picture of what I'm talking about. Luke 12, uh, we'll start in verse 13. Go to verse 21. Oh, that clock back there is not working, is it? <laughs> All right. I got one here, though. No worries. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain man, rich rich man, yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do, since I have no more room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There it is. Rich toward God. That's the rich prosperity gospel that I'd like to talk about this morning. Our problem here is the man that Jesus is talking to says he wants to get his fair share of things, but Jesus reads right through that, doesn't he? So he goes to the parable of a story of a rich man to explain the real problem here with this man who said, hey, just divide up these things with my brothers. And the rich man is rich in this world's goods. But he doesn't have enough in his own mind. He needs to have more. Somebody asked some rich man one time, said, how much money is enough? He said, one dollar more. Just one dollar more. Too many men work their lives this way. In the past couple of weeks, I heard a story of a man who said that he lost his marriage over his greed. His wife warned him and warned him and warned him, and he lost his marriage. She left him eventually. He admitted it, that it was his greed that broke up his relationship with his wife. His goals were wrong. This man's goals were wrong, right? He wanted more good food. He wanted more good drink, good entertainment. He wanted comfort and ease. That was his goal of what his money was to do for him. But God called him a fool for that philosophy. He said, you're storing up treasures for yourself, and that is nothing but foolishness. Not the storing of treasures, mind you, but the storing of treasures for yourself. He called him a fool. But here the scriptures tell us to be rich toward God. I've, I've meditated upon this verse for the last couple of weeks, and I, there are a number of ways the scriptures talk about being rich in Christ, rich toward God. But here are three ways Uh, that I pulled out specifically. Three ways in which we can be rich toward God. Number one is rich in good works. Rich 
in good works. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Are you ready to give? Are you willing to share with what you have? More wealth, God gives you more wealth, it's really for one purpose, so that you can be a bigger blessing to other people. More wealth, more blessings. Matthew 25 Verses 31 through 46, it's that time, come to the judgment seat, and Jesus is separating the sheep and the goats, and he gives a lesson about what was important to spend your time and resources on. And what was it? It was others. Did you feed the hungry? Did you give thirsty people a drink? Did you take in strangers? Did you clothe the naked? Did you visit the sick and in prison? It wasn't about eating and drinking and being merry and comfort and ease. It was about others. And it's interesting that that story follows the story of the talents. They're right, right next to each other in Matthew. So you have the story of the talents about what God wants us to do with all of our resources. And then you go and says it's for others. Not just for yourself. It's for others. Those who have an abundance should be serving others. The lesson in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. This is a lesson for, for stealing a thief. Let him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, work, working with his hands what is good. Now here's the key. That he may have something to give him who has need. Now, you know, in our, our culture, we'd be pretty happy if the thief just did, stopped stealing and worked and provided for himself, right? That would, be, that would be success in the world's eyes. But that's not what God says you do with your work. It's not just enough to provide for yourself. You're to have to give to those who are in need. And that takes away the heart of the thief from stealing anymore. The opposite of stealing is not providing for yourself. It's about giving to others. But you might say, you know, if I had more, I would give more. Not necessarily. You know that the average American last year gave 4.3% of their money to charity. 4.3%. You know who, who gave the largest percentage? Those who made under $50,000 a year, they gave almost double that. Now, the 10 million plus people gave more, but usually it's for tax purposes too. But there's also some charitable giving there. But the ones who gave the lowest percentage are the people that made from 100000 to 500000 And my guess is that's where most people think if they were in that category, they would give more. And they actually end up giving less, 100000 to 500000 most people think they would give more, but actually didn't. So it's not a matter of having more will give more. Richness. Richness in good works. Number two, richness in the reproach of Christ. There's richness, rich toward God in the reproach of Christ. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, of course, men's Bible study, we've been studying in Hebrews and we're in chapter 11 talks about Moses esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Why? For he looked to the reward. He saw something that was further down the road. Moses didn't just see the riches of Christ. 
He saw the reproach of Christ as riches. That's very interesting. It's amazing. You have to have eyes of faith to see that reproaches equals riches. And that's what Moses had. Eternally speaking, what could Egypt offer Moses? Um, a, a mummy and a, 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 a pyramid or uh, maybe his name on a pylon or whatever they did back then. I don't know. That's about the best you can get. But Christ offered him to be a joint heir for all eternity. He had eyes of faith to see that. Matthew five eleven and 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. That's wealth. That's riches. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Great reward or treasure is in heaven for persecution. And here's the big one. Luke 6, 22 and 23. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, and they revile you, and cast out your name as evil. Those are pretty big reproaches for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. (laughs) Leap for joy. For indeed your reward, your riches is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. When's the last time you rejoiced and leapt for joy when God sent a reproach your way? Uh, It's a tough one. But that's where the riches are. Riches and reproach. Be rich, be reproached. Thirdly, lastly, rich in mercy. We can be rich toward God by being rich in mercy. Having an eternal perspective. Micah 6, 8, we're familiar with that verse. One of the three things that define a godly man is that he loves mercy. Being merciful, we get more mercy according to Matthew 5, 7, right? Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And God, of course, is our standard of mercy. We learned that from Matthew chapter 18, the story of the king who forgave much, gave mercy to his servant, very much. So we too are called to forgive. We're called to tender mercies. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, Kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We're to be big in tender mercies. Wisdom that is eternal is from above. It's full of of mercies. James chapter 3 and verse 17 tells us that. Wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So this is the way that I've become the prosperity gospel guy. Rich toward God. And there are many, many more ways in which God wants us to be rich toward him. As we consider our confession today, I ask you this question. Are you rich towards yourself, ease, entertainment, food, things of this world? Or are you rich in the treasures of God, the things that God treasures? Is that what you treasure?
It will be the difference between being a fool or being wise. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we confess to you that too often in our lives we act the part of the fool. But Lord, we pray that you would help us. Help us to understand what being rich toward God means. Give us eyes of faith. Eyes that you gave to Moses, that he was able to see even the reproach, the greater rich, riches than all of Egypt that he grew up with. Oh God, I pray that you would help us as we confess our, our sins to you now. We confess to you that we've lived too much of our lives for self. Give us a heart to live for others and help us now as we confess other sins to you.